When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's the Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 AM, the fan here in Milwaukee, along with our guy, Bucks superfan, Nathan Marzion. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzion. Time to talk some Bucks basketball. Again, thanks to Bucks legend Marcus Johnson for joining us on our last uh, episode here of Green and Growing, Valley Sports uh, Wisconsin Bucks analysts, make sure to check that out if you miss it by the same place you're listening to us right now, probably on your podcast, Apple, Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, wherever it may be that you listen to your favorite podcast app. Now, we were hoping to get Eric Name on uh, today. Uh, He can't, but we have him locked in for next week of Thursday from L.A. prior to the Bucks playing the Clippers. So uh, we will have him on next Thursday on green and growing, looking forward to uh, getting Eric name on. We've we've done pretty good for guests so far, Marzian. We, we've done all right. We've had some decent guests, right? Yeah, I take full responsibility for all the guests we've had on here. They're I, only coming on because of you, because nobody likes me. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, okay, lots to get to here uh, with the Bucks. Uh, Bucks uh, coming off of a win uh, yesterday, Wednesday, uh, but a lot of chatter on social media about Giannis during that game, which leads to this question: Would you like to see Giannis change his playing style? In the regular season, because yesterday, uh, sometimes you hear people say uh, about football players with no regard for their body, they go flying in there or whatever the case may be. I swear to God, Giannis had no regard for his body yesterday. It was a bull just running over people time after time after time after time. Marzian, you put up a shot chart. It was all around the rim within a few feet uh, of the rim. There was nothing outside. He cannot, I repeat, he cannot sustain playing that way night in and night out. I, I don't, obviously, that must have been the game plan because there was no joker, so he was just going to attack all night. That that must have been a thing uh, at home at Fiserv Forum. I don't like it. I don't want to see it again. Uh, we cannot have him playing like that. In the playoffs, you want to do that stuff? Go for it. Because then it's, you know, you lose, you, you go home. Fine, I get that. Regular season, please, no more of that. Uh, you, you're going to give everybody a heart attack watching you play, hoping you don't get hurt. Uh, Nathan, your thoughts. Here's what's difficult is like when he does that, people, you know, there'll be people that complain about it and say he can't, his body can't do that. He shouldn't be doing that. And then when he shoots jumpers, people complain that he's shooting too many jumpers and he should just do what he does best, which is go to the hole. And it's like, obviously there should be, in my opinion, some type of balance and not a 50, 50 balance by any means, but it should be like an 80, 20. Yeah, I don't um, want to see 10 three-point shots by Giannis. Yeah, yeah. Correct. I I don't think he needs to change his playing style. I think there's going to be games where he's much, much more focused on getting to the rim and like last night where he's like, I'm not settling at all. I'm going to the rim every single time. I'm going to get to the line, shot 20-something free throws in the second half of the game, and I'm just going to will my way to 30 that way. And then there's other games where it's okay, you know, I'm going to shoot a little bit more jumpers, mid-range, whatever. I've always said he needs to take some mid-range shots. He needs to keep the defense honest that way. It can't just be to the hole every single time. Um, but I don't – honestly, I'd rather see games 
where he's taking no jumpers than games where he's getting jumper happy. Like if we're going to have it, like, you know, obviously most of the time you want him to take mostly um, close shots with some, you know, a, a few mid ranges jumpers mixed in there. But if he's going to go extreme one way or the other, I'd rather him go extreme towards the paint because that's just what we know he does best. And it's, it's going to be almost impossible to stop him from getting 30 when he does that. Whereas when he's shooting jumpers, that's when all of a sudden you see him go, you know, I don't know, eight of 20 from the field, nine of 23, where he's having those inefficient nights. Cause he just, he's settling. He's and if his, you know, if his shots on, obviously it's great, but if it's off, it's, it's going to be pretty ugly. And so I don't think he needs to change anything. I think it's going to be a game by game thing. I think in the playoffs, he knows where his bread is buttered. He's going to try getting to the paint every time. And he's, you know, st- but again, still taking some mid range, got to keep the defense honest a little bit and he can hit mid ranges at a decent clip. Um, he struggled earlier in this year, but last year he was great. And since his early struggles this year, he's been pretty good at shooting mid ranges. So um, that's still a shot I want to see him take more is those in between shots. If he's taking very few threes, I'm happy with that. You know, maybe one, one to two a game, if that. Um, but the mid rangers he should still shoot, and I, I just I don't think anything's going to really change. Okay, let, let's have another conversation. What should the regular season be about? For Giannis, what what should it be about? He's talked about this in the past that in the regular season he should be he was going to work on things that he wasn't all that good at and kind of use the whole regular season on and trying to improve his game in different areas. I agree with Giannis when he has said that. I think he said it a couple of years ago that that's what he was going to do. I think going into last year and that's what it should be every year. And I know he knows how to finish around the rim. I know, like you said, he could get there when he wants to. Totally agree. Is that going to disappear if he doesn't do it, you know, 10 times a night? No. He's not going to forget how to do that. That's just natural athletic ability and and, uh, God's given talent taking over at that point. But, you know, practicing that mid-range jumper and doing different things like that, that to me is, this is the time to make it all work. Now, if it's all about winning a scoring title, Okay, well, then fine. Then, yeah, do what you got to do to get your 30 every night. Fine. But if this is about making you better as a player, making you more uh, dangerous as a player come playoff time and working on your craft and honing your craft during the regular season, knowing that A, you're a playoff team, B, you're going to have home court in the first round, you're going to be a top four team no matter what really happens at this point, Uh, and C, knowing that if you do develop that jumper that becomes a problem, that puts more pressure on the other team to defend one way or the other. So for me, I agree with what you originally said, which is just be balanced. That's I, I agree with you on that. The only part where I kind of disagree, and that's not like I'm spinning mad disagree, just kind of disagree, is where you said, if I could pick one, if he's going to be jumper happy or if he's going to be attacking the rim happy, which would I prefer? I think in the regular season, I'd much rather him prefer him taking 10 jumpers, 12 jumpers a night. Like, I'm fine with that. I got no problem with that. And go to the rim five, six times. You know, he's going to get his 20-plus shots attempts, something like that. Um, I, I'm okay with that. Now, like I said before, come playoff time, okay, game changes. If your jumpers aren't falling, then get after it. Then I, I totally understand, and you have to do what you have to do to win the basketball game at that point. Do you understand, agree with uh, what I just said? I understand. Um, and I, I, I can understand where you would say I'd maybe rather lean towards the jumper happy in the regular season. Two things. Number one. So I think, you know, you said that him 
shooting jumpers is kind of him working on his craft and, and I guess perfecting his game, perfecting his weaknesses a little bit. But you could also argue that him going to the hole every time, getting to the line a ton is going to help him shoot more free throws. And that's going to get, you know, because last night he shoots 20 something and he gets in a rhythm a little bit. Then he misses a few. Then he gets back in rhythm. I'm like, that's actually good to see him kind of, you know, he was hot. Then all of a sudden he missed like five in a row. And it was like, oh, crap. Like, is he going to get all in his head about this? And he made like four in a row. So it was kind of, I think that's something that could help him a little bit. And the other thing is, I mean, they're like, yes, you want him working on his game to an extent, but there's also like for me, the jumper stuff kind of depends on how the game is going. Like, I'm never going to complain about him shooting a jumper if they're up 20 in a game. Like, I don't care. Like, like people be like, oh, that's a wasted possession. I don't care if it's a wasted possession. They're up by 20 in a regular season game. Who cares? The only time I get a little bit is like if he's getting jumper happy and they're losing or like they actually need like. I don't want it to be the difference because there, there are times where it could be the difference. If he gets jumper happy compared to I'm going to the paint and you're not stopping me, that could be the difference between them potentially winning and losing a game. If he's again, jumper happy nine of 25 compared to, and he's inefficient compared to when he's going to, you know, do whatever it takes to, to get his points and get to the line. And you really can't stop him that way. Like I still want to see him doing what it takes to win the games. And I'm not saying he's not, I'm just saying like that, that is the part where it gets a little bit like, you know, I'm not just, oh, he's working on his game. It's fine. Who cares? It's a regular season. Like there's points in the game where it's like you you don't want to see them, you know, down six, need a bucket. And they've been struggling offensively lately. And he shoots another three. And it's like, all right, like at some, you know, whatever. I just it kind of depends on the flow of the game for me. Like my friends will text me in a group chat whenever he shoots a three sometimes. And they'll be like, that's a dumb shot. Why is he shooting a, a pull up three with 18 on the shot clock? But I mean, if if they're winning the game and he's, you know, if he made a couple buckets in a row and he's feeling himself a little bit, like who cares? You know, at that point, I don't care. But there are times where it's like I'm much more hesitant to see him do that. If, if again, if the the situation calls for it and if they're struggling and you know, it's kind of a situation where you don't want him to take a, a jumper. So when they when they text that to you, what do you reply? Um, if it's it depends on how dumb I think the shot was. If I agree with that it was dumb, I'll be like, oh yeah, you know, fair. If it's one where he has every right to shoot three and he's working on his game. I'm just not going to respond because it's stupid. Oh, you got to do what Leroy Butler does to me all the time in my group chat, me, Gary and Leroy have had our group chat forever. We still have it. Uh, and Leroy always does to me and Gary, whenever he doesn't want to partake, he'll always do the, the whole yawning emoji thing where you're kind of like uh, doing the yawning emoji. Yeah. That that's Leroy's answer to uh, whatever. I don't even really care. Talk what you want to talk about it. Cause I, I know I'm right. Um, I, I got another one for you. So, Drew Holiday, been league a long time, right? Uh, Chris Middleton, been league a long time. Those are the other two uh, star players. I'm not going to put Brooke in this because I think Brooke's game has really developed quite a bit um, since Bud has been here. Bud deserves credit. But the other two guys, I feel safe in saying, they may not agree with me, but they've kind of kind of leveled off. Kind of, they're at who, They are who they are at this point in their career. Probably not getting much better in any aspect. They are who they are as a player. Giannis, on the other hand, we've been asking this same question, we meaning me and everybody else uh, in Sports Talk Radio, I guess, for a long time, and fans, when has he reached the ceiling? When is he going to level off? When is he not going to get any better? Marzian, are you of the belief that he has reached his ceiling? Are you of the belief that, look, dude, you know, you he can go practice three-point shots till he's blue in the face. It ain't going to change anything. He is who he is at this point at threes and mid-range jumpers. He is who he is. Like, 
You do all this crap you want to do, Sparky, but he ain't going to get any better. This is who he is. He's finally peaked out. He's reached his max of what he's going to get out of his talent. This is Giannis going forward for the rest of his career. Are we at that point with Giannis? And if not, where else does he improve going forward? Um, I'm not going to say that it's not possible we are, but I'm definitely not going to like say that we're at that point. He very well could be at his peak. Like this could be, you know, it did never you get... not pick an answer. Did you just hop on that fence and then just not pick an answer? Did you go both ways? My on answer that is no. Answer? My answer is if you're asking me, do I think he's peaked? No, no. Okay. But I'm not saying it's not possible. He has like, we don't know. We're not going to know right. until later on. Yeah. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, there's, you know, he absolutely hasn't, there's no chance this, you know, whatever act like it's some blasphemy to, to, to say this. However, I'm never going to say he's at his peak until, I mean, the only, like, legitimately his peak is potentially the greatest player of all time. If he got to there, I'd say 100%, this is, okay, he's not getting any better than this. Because I, I just truthfully believe if he's not at that level, like, he, there's, he can get there. And he's shown us the work ethic. He's shown us the improvement in all these other areas of his game that, like, I'm never going to believe that he's at his peak until either his career's over or he becomes the greatest player of all time. Like I'd like a follow-up. Can I have a follow-up? Yes. Where has he improved from last year to this year? Last year to this year, I think he's been about the same. But I think that somewhat it's I it's been hard to really imagine him improving much when he misses uh when he's missing Chris and Drew's been out sometimes and they've had injuries and stuff. It's hard for me to like he's not going to get any more efficient because Chris is out. He's losing his main ball handler. It's going to be hard for him to do that. The passing has been about the same. Um, and then the mid-range and, and that stuff has gone down, actually. But the year before that, he really did improve his passing. He improved his mid-range. He improved the like in-between game. Um, his free throws went back up. And so I, I still think like if he can consistently be a 40% mid-range shooter instead of just one year, which I, I believe he could do going forward, um, Again, I'm not. I'm not acting like it's 100 going to happen, but I'm saying he could. I don't think the. I think the three pointer is what it is. I don't ever think he'll be a 35 plus percent three point shooter. I think he's going to be around 30. But that doesn't mean that oh his potential is pretty much capped. No, he can be. I mean, way way better just by adding a mid range and just by getting his free throws up to high 70s. Like if his high if his free throws are high 70s, he's going to be averaging like th three more points per game. Um, so, and, and then the passing too, I mean, he's, he's gotten much better as a passer, I think hitting guys in the shooting pocket and stuff like that, but he still has room to grow there. And, you know, we saw last night he had nine turnovers, like there's still areas he can just perfect his game and, and all that. But again, I, I'm not saying he can't be at his peak now. I'm not saying that, I mean, if, if this is his peak, it's a really freaking good peak. There's nothing Absolutely. wrong with that. Yeah. But I just, there, there's. Nothing that I will like until he's either retired or become the greatest player of all time. Like there's no reason I've ever had to not believe he can get better. All right, let's move on to topic number two. Should we expect the Bucks hot shooting from three to continue going forward? I remember they they had a quite a good stretch of cold shooting from three where they weren't able to hit anything, and now they've caught fire. Um, and they've been the exact kind of opposite of where they are. Uh, Nathan Marzi, I was looking up their numbers, kind of what they all look like. 
uh, at this point for the Milwaukee Bucks as far as last 10 games versus the season, so forth. What do you got, Nathan? Well, so the season, they're up to 16th in the NBA, which is right in the middle. And if you had done this, like, around the beginning of the year, like beginning of the month of January, then they would have been, I think, in the 20s, 3s, 24s. Like, they were way down there. They couldn't hit anything. We went through that long stretch of just being like, wow, this team kind of sucks at shooting threes. Yep. And people were questioning, you know, is it a cold stretch? Is it that they just forget? Like, are they just not good shooters anymore? And blah, blah, blah. And I was like, guys, like, I'm not going to believe that this team is just bad shooters because we've it's the same team basically we've had the last couple of years for the most part. And they've been top five in three-point percentage both of those years. Like, they've just – these are good three-point shooters. And I think with injury stuff and with all that, like, it, it took guys a little bit – Pat Connaughton, for example, to get into form. Bobby took a little bit to get into form. Um, and then you have like Ingles coming back. He took, you know, he was bad to start. I, he was shooting like 70, 17% in his first few games. And you don't have Chris, who's one of your best three pointers. So I'm like, I don't think it's as much a team issue as it is just a little bit of a slump and guys not being in rhythm and not having guys. And the last 10 games, actually the last 12 games, they're second in the league in three point percentage at like 40. I think they're at 40%. I'm just going to quickly go off like every, and this is the crazy thing. It's not, You'd, you'd much rather be 40% consistently than 55 sometimes and 28 others. Like, For sure. You, you want to be consistent. These are their last 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 10 games. These are the last 10 games. 42%, 39%, 38%, 39%, 40%, 50%, 49%, 36%, 44%, 43%. Like, that is incredible, especially considering – the amount of threes they're taking, I think they're taking 47 per game in that span. And so they've made by far the most threes of any team in the last 10 games. And just looking at, you know, based on the volume, they're the number one three-point shooting team. Lately. And what's the record? In the last in the last 12, they're eight and four. In the last 10, they're six and four. Right. So they're taking more threes and making more threes, and they're six and four. Well, they didn't and have shooting well. They didn't have Giannis. For True. several for part a lot of, of those yeah. games. And, yeah. and that's that's part of why they're taking so many threes is when Giannis goes out, it's a bunch of guys that can't really create their own offense. You don't right. have Chris either. And so they're just shooting threes. Um, but they have gotten hot, which is good to see. And you know, you add Giannis to the mix. Okay, you're gonna I mean, they're they're two and oh since Giannis came back. They're gonna start winning much more games if Giannis is out there and the guys around him are shooting well, because that was something that they weren't doing earlier in the year. Is whenever Giannis was on the court, it felt like nobody could hit a shot. And then, you know, Giannis would be out for a game and everyone's shooting like lights out. And it's like, if you can get these things together, that's how you're going to start, you know, being a really, really good team. But a couple of things. Number one, it's at least good to just see that, okay, this this team is a good three-point shooting team. Pretty much everyone has gotten much better shooting, you know, the last 12 games, whatever, than they were before. Pat's been lighting it up. Bobby's up to like, I mean, he's been shooting over 40% for a while now. And obviously he's hurt, but, you know, he was shooting well. Ingles has been much, much better. Grayson was getting much, much better. Like, it's good to just see that, okay, these guys are good three-point shooters. They are who we kind of thought they were. And number two, I don't know, you know, this isn't going to completely keep up and they're still going to go through their slumps and a team that shoots a lot of threes, there's going to be games where you can't hit one and it's going to really just cost you. Um, that's going to happen. They're going to go, they're, they're a shooting, they're a, any shooter or shooting team in the NBA, they're going to go through shooting slumps. Um, every single player has it. It happens to Steph Curry. So it's nothing crazy, but if I don't know, you know, again, I think, I think this is closer to what they will be 
for the rest of the season than what they were earlier, where they were among the worst teams in the league shooting. I think they're going to be closer to among the best because that's what we've seen from them the last couple of years. Like we have now two and a half years worth of sample size to say they're a really good three point shooting team. Whereas we have like a few months to say that they're a bad shooting team. I I'm going to go off of what we've seen from them for the most part um, for the past few years. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the history of this team says they can shoot the three relatively consistent. And I think that's exactly what it's, what it's going to be going for. Now, if you go down individual by individual basis, yes, Connaughton will get streaky. Middleton will get uh, a little streaky uh, from here and there. And that's going to be the other thing. You know, I'm glad Middleton is back, and I'm glad uh, they're bringing him off the bench and kind of working him back slowly and all that, and that's all good. Uh, but the question is going to be is when is he going to hit the wall? He hits the wall every year. He's talked about it himself. He gets the tired legs or whatever the case may be for whatever the reason. Now, normally... When he's playing all year, I want to say that wall normally comes somewhere around January to February. It's normally when he hits that wall. Um, and that's, you know, training camp, regular season, gets through it, and then in about January or so, he hits it. So you're talking about three, four months in. If you kind of play this this stretch out here, you're talking like May. I mean, you don't need him having dead legs and hitting a wall in May when this team is in a playoff run, and all of a sudden he can't hit shots because his legs are gone. Uh, so that's the other thing kind of creeping in the back of my head that nobody else is thinking about. And you know what, how it's going to play out, right? If he does that, and if his shot goes away in the playoffs, Bucks fans are going to lose their ever-loving mind. Uh, and history says you should have saw it coming if that is exactly what occurs. So we'll just have to wait and see how this whole thing plays out. All right, so last Thursday we did Twitter question. Uh, and then today we were going to have Eric Name, so we weren't going to do the Twitter question. Well, then Eric Name couldn't make it. Um, so Nathan Marzian... Uh, because he's smart, uh, decided let's do a poll question real quick. Let's throw up a poll question and, and let's see what type of uh, results that we get on a poll question. So Nathan Marzian uh, tweeted this out. Starting a poll of the week. That will be discussed every Thursday in the Green and Run podcast with at Sparky Radio. He's at Nathan Marzian. This week, are you more confident, less confident, or the same confidence about the Bucks winning a title right now compared to where you were before the season. It's a very Marzian-like question. We're always doing the confidence-level questions throughout the season, so this is right on brand with Nathan. Okay, more confident than you were at the beginning, 21%. Less confident than you were about them winning a title at the beginning of the season, 31%. About the same level of confidence that you had at the beginning of the year, 48% of the people voted. They're right about the same. That confidence has not wavered. I will say I am right about uh, the same uh, as well. My confidence level really hasn't wavered uh, on them. I still think they're in the NBA finals, uh, taking on probably the Warriors. I'm still going to roll with the Warriors till they get beat uh, in the Western Conference. Uh, and that's, that's where I'm sitting, mainly because I think they're going to add here at the trade deadline. I think they're going to add a couple of guys. And then maybe they may get one on the buyout market too. We'll see how that whole thing plays out. So you are going to help that bench one way or the other. They're going to get guys to come in here and upgrade that bench. Because the one thing I think that ownership knows and John Horse knows, and all you got to do is look to Green Bay. Eventually, it's over. Eventually, the superstar retires, goes to another team, something bad happens and he's never the same player again, but eventually the ride is over. When you have the superstar in his prime to kick your feet up and go, well, we'll be back next year. We're happy just competing in the playoffs and seeing what we can do. 
you're going to end up with a Packers situation where you only get one title. And when Giannis won the one title with the Bucks, right away on SSP, we were like, is that good enough? Everybody happy with one? Almost nobody was happy with one. Everybody said, you got to get at least two here. You got to at least get a second one to make it worth the time that you have with Giannis uh, and the Bucks. So I think John Horse and Bucks ownership is well aware of that. And that's why I think each year they're going to try and push to try and make this roster as good as it can be within the season to make a run at the finals. I don't think it'll be any different this year. Maybe the players they get won't work out. Maybe they will, but they're going to give it a shot. Uh, so I, I say right now I, I'm as confident as I was, but let's see what it looks like after the trade deadline. I may have higher hopes once I see who they get, Nathan. Yeah, I thought this was an interesting question because I was thinking about it, and I'm like, there's a there's a good argument to be made, honestly, for all three. That's why I think it's a good question. It's, you know, they've been disappointing at times, offensively especially and stuff, but, you know, the injuries and all that. Like, I think, obviously, you could say they're about the same if you just were like, yeah, they're, you know, they're a championship team. They just, you know, I just, they, they've struggled, but they don't have their guys. Okay, I'm not really going to be moved by that. Then there's the... They're, you know, obviously, I think there's people that are going to say they're less confident because the offense has struggled. Um, you know, there's the turnover problems, the shooting problems at times. They feel like they need to upgrade Grayson, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's reasons to be like, I'm not quite as confident. And then I think there's also a case we made for people that think they're more confident because you could be like, okay, Chris has been out. Giannis has been, uh, you know, his most inefficient season since Bud got here. Um, the offense has struggled a ton at times. Drew, as good as he's been, has been in his most inefficient season because mostly because Chris is out. They've had, you know, Giannis miss a ton of games. Drew's missed plenty of games. Pat's been out for half the season. Joe Ingles was out for half the season. And they're 31 and 17 still. And they're, you know, right there for like second in the conference. And so I could see that being like, and and the fact that you add in like Brooke Lopez is way better than we thought he would be. That type of stuff, you're like, hey, I mean, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that, you know, hey, we're going to miss Chris until basically, you know, almost February and still be second in the, the East. And Brooke Lopez is going to step up a ton. And, you know, Drew Holiday is a borderline all-star. Um, you'd be like, hey, like I honestly might be more confident because that gives me a ton of confidence about Brooke. And that gives me a ton of confidence about, you know, potentially the depth of the team considering they're missing a bunch of guys and still playing this well. I'm, I'm in the about the same camp. Like I still think they're, one of the top championship contenders. I still think that, um, you know, Giannis is the best player in the world. They're, you know, this big three is the best big three out there. This big four is the best big four out there. And, you know, the the offensive struggles definitely have made me a little bit concerned where it's like, okay, yes, Chris is out, but should they be 23rd in offensive rating? Probably not. Like, they, it's got to get up a little bit. But, um, I mean, the shooting going up, and getting guys healthy and then that, you know, decreasing probably the amount of turnovers that they have, um, that, that all should help. And I just, I'm still about the same. I still think that they're probably a move away, two moves away from like really being super confident about this team. But I'm, if, if this was what they kept, I'd still be pretty confident that they can, you know, win a title. I'd still think that they, I, I do believe that this team right now could win a title. I'm not, going to put my money on it, but like, I just don't see why you'd pick against, you know, or, or not feel good about a Giannis, Chris, Drew, Brooke team that has proven to win a title before could win. It could add another piece, but I'm just, I'm just saying that. 
I think it's ironic that uh, on the last podcast, you're uh, asking whether or not they should trade Bobby Portis and the next game he gets hurt. I, that was, I mean, spraying MCL. It's, it's just unbelievable. Actually, it was before the game. Actually, we found out after we did the podcast. But so spraying MCL for Bobby Portis. We don't know how long Bobby Portis is going to be. I guess they said for some time. Um, they can't win a championship without Bobby Portis. I mean, I know you said, well, maybe trade him. Well, now you're not you're not going to be able to trade him if he's out for several weeks. And they haven't said several weeks, but I got a feeling it's going to be a while. So if he's going to be out for a while, you're not going to be able to trade him. They have to be healthy. And, and yet again, you could say, well, Bobby Portis is a bench player, Sparky. Call now. And they just need their starting five healthy. Everything, the bench will figure it out uh, when he comes back. But I still think that's a big deal because you're still talking about Portis being out there, Joe Ingles being out there, and then whatever combination of other guys that are out there with him. And now you don't get that run and that chemistry and that floor time together. Um, so that that sucks. And I think it's going to cost him some games here. Not that it really matters in the regular season. We've talked about this. Uh, but he's the only guy that you could consistently look at and go, okay, he's going to get you something off the bench, whether it be rebounds, whether it be points. He's going to give you some type of an impact greater than anybody else on the bench has done all year. Yeah, and it's going to hurt their rebounding at times in games because – if Brooke goes out and it's kind of Giannis at the five, like that's that's proven to be something that just doesn't that, that hurts the rebounding. And you know we know Giannis can can play at the five if he needs to and and be fine at it. But like rebounding wise, it's like they had a stretch where like Jordan Wara was the four, oh um, and I'm like I'm just like you know and and even when you know I think Chris came in and it's like Chris is your four and that just doesn't like they they don't really have another four when Giannis goes to the five. And so, and, and Brooks out, or, you know, Brooks at the five and Giannis is out. Like there's just not another guy to put there right now. So it's going to hurt them a little bit. It, it might cost them a couple of games because they can't get a board and, you know, you're not going to play Giannis and Brooke 40 something minutes. Um, but like you said, I, I think it's, it's something that will impact them a little bit without, you know, again, not, not having that full team, not knowing the full rotations, not being able to get completely into rhythm and know your exact spot when this team's fully healthy, that's going to, cost them but hopefully it's not too long of a thing and again hopefully they can just you know get him back in a couple few weeks and then you know we'll, we'll see and you have some time to really uh get things kind of arranged and get all that going and get get acclimated before the playoffs in a weird way does this help their trade decision at the deadline seeing what this team looks like without another backup five essentially in bobby portis because they, they essentially would be one injury away from being in the exact same predicament. I mean, so I, I don't personally, I don't think they need a, a, a big that badly. Cause I'm again, I'm going into the playoffs, assuming that they're going to have those three guys and you're going to play Giannis and Brooke a ton. Cause the, the rotation shortens in the playoffs. Yep. And so it's like, to me, it's not that big of a deal. You know, Bobby's going to play and, and you know, again, you're going to, you're going to have extended minutes for your starters. So the bench becomes a little bit, you know, less relevant you're gonna only need a couple guys that that really need to play um significant minutes it'd be nice to have a, a big for the regular season right now like if Serge you know was happy and everything it'd be nice to be able to just plug him in there um and we kind of saw it was the same thing with like Demarcus Cousins last year where people were super upset they got rid of him and it's like yeah it'd be nice to have him in the regular season but I understand them wanting to keep that roster spot for later because again you're not going to really use that spot in the playoff. Like it's so rare that, you know, we'd be putting in a, a, a backup, backup big in the playoffs at any time, as long as we're healthy. And um, cause it, you're going to just, those guys are going to play extra minutes and that rotation is going to get shortened. What, what, what do they do against Cleveland? When they're healthy or when they're not? Yeah. When they're healthy. Yeah. 
I mean, do they have enough digs? Cleveland, but Cleveland's going to provide big bodies at you, uh, waves of big bodies at you in a playoff series. So if a Brooke Lopez gets into foul trouble or Yaz gets into foul trouble, whatever, do they have enough size to still get through that series? Um, I mean, you'd hope they don't get into foul trouble consistently. And because I think to start with, if you have Giannis, Brooke, Bobby, like to me, that is, you know, good enough. I would like to get a, a Crowder. Sure. He's not, he's not a, he's not Paul, but he's big and he's someone that can at least hang down there. Um, so like, I do prefer that they can get something like that, but I'm talking, you know, people who want like a, there's no, there's no like center bigs that I'm interested in that really, I think. What about Robin? I'm, you're not, I'm not playing Robin Lopez in the playoffs much. Like that's just not going to, I don't, I don't think that's the difference between them winning and losing a series personally. Um, I think if they could get like a Crowder, he's someone who you can play at, you know, several positions and can hang down low and, and has the strength to, to um, play like the four if he needs to and whatever. Then yeah, that gives you, uh, you know, plenty of more options. Again, same thing we kind of saw with PJ where like he has the, the, he's not the tallest guy, but he's got the the build to kind of hang in there um, and, and be pretty versatile on that end. So still want them to go get like a Crowder or someone like that, but, but, I don't know. There's again, there's no traditional bigs like big like centers that really interest me. It's more guy like Crowder that you can at least just have another body. He's Nathan Marziad. Follow him on Twitter. Nathan Marziad. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Record these bad boys on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then they get uploaded uh, the very next morning, uh, Wednesday and Friday mornings. You can go and download them again. Odyssey, Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Subscribe, follow, do what you got to do. Auto subscribers, that's a thing too. Just auto subscribe to the podcast. And then you'll find out every time we have a, a new uh, drop. It'll drop right into your feed and be all set. And the Mars, yeah, my friend, thank you very much. Have a good weekend.